Let's open our Bibles. You ready? I haven't preached for almost 30 days, man. This is crazy. So I don't even know if I know how to do this. So uh, help me out here. Okay. I want you to open your Bible to Luke chapter 24. And I want to talk about Pentecost for a little bit. And uh, I don't know about you, but I did not grow up understanding really what Pentecost was about. No fault of anyone. It's just I didn't grow up with the knowledge of it. I got saved in 1984, just right out of high school. I had just graduated out of high school, and someone invited me to a church here in town, and I went, and they gave an altar call, and uh, I didn't go up. And later on that night, I knelt down, and I said, you know, God, I've heard about you in my life, but here is the moment. I, I want to surrender, and I want to give everything to you. And I, I don't even know you, but I want to know you, and... I just want you to be the Lord of my life. Well, I went back to the same church because I was invited by a high school uh, guy that had, I guess I was their target for evangelism. <laughs> That's what they told me. And uh, I went back and they said, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? I said, I don't even know. what I know there's a Holy Spirit. I don't even know what you're talking about. They said, no, you need to be baptized. I said, I've already been baptized in water. They said, I'll tell you what, come back for the evening service tonight. And you can uh, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I said, well, I don't know what that is. They said, well, come back. And there was a, a woman that was uh, saying this to me. Her name was Jermaine Saucier. I was actually her first spiritual son um, in, in the city. A lot of people were mentored by her. But I spent at least four years with her, four to five times a week, going over the Word of God, learning how to pray. She taught me how to prophesy, hear God. And I thank God for her because she said, you come back tonight and you're going to get filled with the Holy Spirit. So I came back. I didn't know what to expect. The service was over. They brought me down to the front of the service and she said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, man, it's just like a light went off inside of my spirit and I began to pray in tongues. I mean, I could not stop. You know, some people get a syllable. That's okay. I got a river. And it wouldn't stop. It would not stop. I, I, I remember going back to my house. I'm like, oh, my gosh. How in the world am I going to explain this already? My parents think I'm half out of it. You know, I don't know how they're going to know this. And, and I went down, and I laid on my bed. And I'll never forget. It was like 9 o'clock at night. The sun was still out. And I just laid on my bed, and I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And I remember uh, looking at the clock. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning, and I had still been praying in tongues. And all of a sudden, the last time I remember looking at the clock, um, I heard my mom uh, calling my name at the top of the stairs, and she didn't know that while I was praying in tongues, I was taken to heaven. And uh, God showed me the throne room before him. I didn't see his face, but I could see the glory of who he is. Uh, he reached his hand towards me and told me that he had called me to be a voice to the nations, and he touched me. I'll never forget that. I never had anything like this happen in my life. I saw a river. There were people around that were worshiping. It was the most glorious thing, but that day forever marked my life. And I, I, I just believe that that's what Pentecost means. It's what this day means. And so I want us to look at uh, Luke chapter 24, verse 49. Jesus is speaking and he says, look, I'll send the promise of my father. Notice it's the promise. God keeps his promises. I will send the promise of my father upon you. But wait. Shut in, <laughs> there's a word, right? In the city of Jerusalem 
until you be endued with power from on high. Now, people have used this scripture in their religious stinking thinking that says, well, you've got to wait for the Holy Spirit. You don't have to wait for the Holy Spirit. They said, well, these people had to wait for the Holy Spirit. Well, they were also instructed to go to Jerusalem. So if you want to fulfill this scripture, then you need to go to Jerusalem and receive the Holy Spirit. Well, that's nonsense. You can receive the Holy Spirit right here today. Amen? Amen. Now, here's why. Look at what Jesus said, Acts 1.8. This is why you need the promise of the Holy Spirit. I remember after I got saved that one week, I was anticipating, I was thinking, what in the world is this baptism about? And she said, no, it's not a baptism of water. It's a baptism of His Spirit. And I just kept calling it out that week. So, well, you know, Jesus, I, I want that, that baptism. And, and here's what it did in my life. I can't speak for you, but I can speak for the Bible and I can back it up with my experience. Jesus said these words, Acts 1.8. Here's what happens. But you, you shall, you will receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses unto me both in Omaha and Jerusalem, Judea, wherever you live, in Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. One of the things that I can tell you happened after I got filled with the Holy Spirit, there was power. I couldn't explain it. But I would, I remember uh, in the neighborhood, they would, would, they already thought I was crazy. And they said, you know, you are saying that God speaks to you. How do you, how do you know that God speaks? And I said, because I can, I can hear your voice. That's how I know. I, and they said, well, you're listening to voices. You're weird. So I felt such power. I, I gathered the, the neighborhood kids together and I said, meet me at the light pole. I'm going to prove to you that God speaks. I didn't know what God speaks, but I had just been filled with the Holy Ghost, man. I had power in me. So all the kids came out. They're older than me, younger than me. We met by the light pole right outside of my house. They said, prove that God hears. All I had was an encyclopedia. I didn't know the Bible well enough, but I started looking through the encyclopedia. They thought I was crazy, but I preached the gospel to them, told them they needed to get saved. They thought I was even more crazier. But this kept continuing. This kept happening, this power, the voice of God coming to me. And then all of a sudden, there was a little girl in the neighborhood that was in a car with uh, one of the other gentlemen in the neighborhood. And, and uh, somebody ran a red light. A truck did and hit their car. And just, I mean, she shouldn't even have been alive. They had to pull her out with the jaws of death. Or Jaws of Life. Which one's it called? Jaws of Life, not the Jaws of Death. The Jaws of Life, so she wouldn't die. There you go. It's been 30 days. Give me a break, okay? So, you know. So anyway, they pulled her out, and she was in a coma, and they said she's not going to make it. It doesn't look good for her. And I'll never forget it. She was in a coma for several weeks. And, and, and this, fast forward, this was like Easter um, of the following year, and, and I'll never forget it. I had a dream, and in the dream, the Lord visited me. I literally saw Jesus in a dream. Now, you got to understand, I had been saved less than a year, and, and, and I see the Lord walk in, and he walks in, and he puts his hands on this little girl, and he raises her up on Resurrection Sunday. So guess what I did? I called the, the kids from the neighborhood. I said, I got an announcement. You remember when I told you that God hears me? They said, you're in a cult. I said, no, I'm not. God spoke to me. This little girl is going to be raised up. Jesus walked in to her room and she got raised up. They thought I was crazy. Do you know what happened? Resurrection Sunday, 
the girl woke up out of a coma and she is alive today walking this earth because you will receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Your life will be forever marked. Your life will be ever changed when you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you can communicate to God by speaking in tongues. Fast forward five years after I got saved, 1989. Actually, it was 1988. I met my bride and we were prayer partners. And, and we worked together, and, and finally she said, are you ever going to ask me out? I said, well, I thought I was. You know, we were praying together. But Brenda and I would pray in tongues together. And then when we got married in 1989, July 22nd, all Brenda and I did, and what we love to do today, is we prayed in tongues for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. The Bible says you don't know how to pray as you ought. But the Spirit maketh intercession. And Brendan and I would spend two, four, six, eight hours. Sometimes we would hold hands. Praying together. That's why we're so close. Because the Bible says if you build yourself up in the Holy Ghost, it'll keep you in faith and in the love of God. You want to know what will strengthen your marriage? You pray in the Holy Ghost together, it'll keep you in the love of God. I promise you. Some of you that are getting into fear over this nation and you're listening to some of the goofballs that are trying to put their scriptures together to tell you that this is the end of the end of the end and you're in fear and you're listening to that fear-mongering spirit, you need to shut it off. Quit buying those books and pray in the Holy Ghost. It'll keep you in faith. Too many weak Christians today because they ain't, especially Pentecostals, they ain't praying in tongues anymore. You ask me, when's the last time you prayed in tongues? Praying in tongues? Then you got some misinformed dipstick of a preacher telling you that it passed away. Well, maybe you need to pass away. I'm not saying die, but maybe get out of the ministry. Because if you understood Pentecost... The reason why God had to send Pentecost and there be tongues of fire on that day is because it was a witness or proof to something that not only God kept his promise of the Holy Spirit, but there was something that was being absolutely honored. And that was the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. You say, well, how is it? So, so here's the thing. When these dipstick pastors are wanting to say, well, the tongues is of the devil, how dare you bring an indictment against the royal blood of Jesus? That's what you did. You know why the devil hates tongues? Because every time you speak in tongues, you magnify God, but you also witness to something. You know what it is? The blood of Jesus. You say, well, Pastor Hank, how, how do you testify to the blood of Jesus? Come on. You know your scriptures. Whenever God would honor a blood sacrifice from a bullock or from a lamb, he would send fire as a witness that the blood sacrifice had been approved by God. After Jesus breathed his last breath, said, it is finished, God, into thy hands, Father, I give my spirit. Fifty days later, God said, devil, earth, pilot, governments, Pharisees, scribes, those that are doubting, here is the proof that Jesus' blood is more than enough. And he witnessed 
as a rushing mighty wind came from heaven and tongues of fire settled upon their heads. God was saying, the blood, sacrifice of the Lamb of God is enough. And when you put your agreement, you're saying, I agree to the blood. I agree to the blood. When you refuse it, come on, be careful. Don't touch such a holy thing. Then you get another preacher that tells you, well, if you pray in tongues, you know, in service, you, you know, you can't just pray in tongues. There has to be an interpretation. Really? Well, if God is speaking through a vessel with a tongue, then there needs to be interpretation. Because what good is it if I came up here and spoke in Russian and you don't know Russian? Slava Bogo. How many you know what I just said? Oh, yeah, you know Russian. Okay, there you go. If I said, mas cafe caliente, gloria a Dios, what did I say? More coffee, thank God, praise God. See, you know Spanish. If I said, e o a u a a a a a, what did I say? My toe hurts. <laughs> okay. All right, look at Acts chapter 2. Did you smile, Nancy? I think I saw a smile out of you. I actually got, got a smile out of your wife. Look at that. She liked that. All right, here we go. Now look at Acts chapter 2. This is so important. In fact, after I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I was like, oh my goodness. So these people were coming out of this restaurant, and uh, they were speaking in a different language. And I read on the Pentecost, that's what they did. People heard them speaking their own language. So they're coming out, and they looked at me, and they said, well, I don't know. I'll just mix them up. Blah, 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 blah. And I went over and I said, Kore Masa, me katodin branchi, warati borre bangere de duet. Wanda wai katom, wanda wai rom, wanda wai Oops, guess it doesn't work. But then one day when I was praying in tongues here in the church, there was a Muslim guy that came in and he was looking at me the whole time. Remember that show, Different Strokes? What are you talking about, Willis? I mean, that's what that guy was doing. He's looking at me. And so finally, I came off the stage, and I said, how are you doing? He goes, you spoke perfect Aramaic. Is that right, Aramaic? Whatever. It was, starts with an A. <laughs> you, speak per, uh, you speak perfect amplified version. And so he goes, when did you start speaking that? I said, I don't speak that. But he heard me speak in the spirit. All right, let's look at Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, I believe the suddenlies are coming again, there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. This is what church needs to be. It needs to be powerful, mighty. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Is your house filled with the Holy Spirit? Or is it filled with the, the news and the fake news and the lies and all the fear-mongering. What's your house filled with? All right, thank you. This is an interactive service. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as a fire. There's the proof that the blood of Jesus was accepted by God. And it sat upon each of them. Notice this phrase. We're going to come back and look at this phrase. And they were all Notice not one person. So when the preachers stand up and say, well, some are filled with the Holy Ghost and some are not. Well, sir, um, again, correct yourself. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. It's your right. God doesn't choose one and leave the other one out. 
Amen. All filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. As notice, they didn't do the speaking. They didn't make up the words. The Spirit gave them the words. And they were dwelling at Jerusalem. Notice this. You know, the, the modern day uh, theology is, well, don't pray in tongues on Sunday morning because you might scare the visitors. Oh, really? Let's go back and see what happened at Pentecost. And they were dwelling, visiting Jerusalem. Oh, I guess there's visitors. Devout men out of every nation. Ooh, it's a crowd. Now, when this was noised abroad, in other words, they heard them speak in tongues. We need to adjust this user-friendly garbage. That's why when you listen to them, they have no power. There's no power in their churches. You know, I got to do this. I'm not critical of preachers because I am one, but boy, I think we need some adjustments. So, you know how Facebook will advertise. Um, I'm going to get in trouble. It's nice knowing y'all. So I, 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 I had a sponsored thing come up. And this guy's on there advertising Pentecost Sunday. And so I thought, well, I'm going to see what he has to say. And so I clicked it on. And first of all, I don't know why they have to talk this way. But he goes, I am so excited about Pentecost Sunday. And we are going to splash in his presence. I said, oh, my God. And his... You know, they teach them to be feminine. No, no wonder these same people will marry gays. No wonder people are confused about their identity. Because we preachers, we don't know who we are. There's no, there was no, I listened to him. There was no authority on his words. It was all splash, splash, let's all be friends. No authority, no power. I'm like, and you're representing Pentecost, sir? Really? Is that your interpretation? I know I've already offended you. Welcome back. So anyway, let's go on. Anyway, give us some men of God. Give us some women of God, women who know who they are, men who know who they are. Amen. I know I offended you. They shouldn't have advertised that and sponsored it, you know. I mean, I, I prayed for him. I did. I'm not going to tell you what I prayed. But I prayed. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one another, Behold, are not all these which are Galileans? And how we hear every man in his own tongue, where we and we are born, we do hear them speak in our tongue. Watch this, watch this, watch this. If tongues was of the devil, they said we hear them speak in our tongues, supernaturally the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and in doubt, saying to one another, What meaneth this? This is why it doesn't, you don't have to. Tone your services down. You're always going to get people that go, whoa, what is this? Others are going to stand there and mock. That's just, that's just human nature. These men are full of new wine. But Peter stood up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, you men of Judea and all you that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and listen to my words. This is the same coward that now became a bold man. For these are not drunk as you think, seeing that it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And all my servants and all my handmaidens I'll pour out in those days of my spirit. And they will prophesy, yes, even in church. And I'll show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Watch this. Blood 
fire, vapor of smoke. People are like, oh, see, it's the end times. There's going to be blood. There's going to be fire. There's going to be vapor of smoke. Oh, that speaks of war and bloodshed. God always has a redemptive plan. This is what all these tribulation people don't preach to you. You know what's more powerful than the, than the uh, Antichrist? The Holy Spirit. Because it says that the Antichrist and the Spirit is restrained as long as the Spirit of God is in the earth. And as long as the Spirit of God is in the earth, you don't have anything to fear. He said he'd be your comforter. As long as the Spirit of God is in the earth, you don't have to be afraid of, of, of anything. He'll guide and lead you in all truth. As long as the Spirit of God is here, God's goodness is here. And notice the Holy Spirit. Blood, fire, vapor of smoke is also a redemptive clue of the great and notable day of the Lord. You know what that is? Come on, blood of salvation, mass salvations. Fire, a revisitation of Pentecost again. Well, what's the vapor of smoke? It's proof that there's been burning cities. When God came down on Mount Sinai, there was vapor of smoke. See, too many of us, were so moving towards the fear-mongering, we don't move towards the Spirit of God. Amen? Now, let's talk about what defined Pentecost, which I believe is going to come back again. Look at Acts 2.14. One of the things that defined it is boldness. There wasn't avoidance, like you see in some churches today, cowardness that you see on people today. When the Spirit of God really touched their life, they were filled and imparted to by the spirit of boldness. Look at Acts 2.14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea, and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you. Now, look at how bold this coward, former coward was. He said, listen to my words. How many of you know that's authority? You're speaking to the masses, and you're telling them, listen to my words. My words are the words of truth. That takes boldness to do that. He said, listen to my words. If there's ever been a time, church, ladies and gentlemen in the chapel and those of you that are watching, to lift up our voice, it is now. They tried through the scandemic, the pandemic, and all the different things, this monkey baloney pox. And what else are they going to try? To get you to be quiet, to get you to be compliant, just listen to whatever they tell you because they're the voice of truth. Nonsense. You need to lift up your voice, Christian. Pastor, you need to lift up your voice, just like Peter did. You need to speak truth and explain by the Spirit of God what is happening and what will happen. Not cowarding in the fear, letting it be somebody else that says, well, pastor, I don't know how to speak up. Yeah, you do. Go, go to your school board meetings. Amen. Speak up and say, we don't want the exploiting of children in our curriculum. Amen. We don't want that trash in our schools read to our children. That's called lifting your voice. You can put a sign in your yard of people who are running for office that stand for morals and truth. It's lifting your voice. When your relatives are trying to get you convinced with the woke culture and the redefining of words, you need to look at them and say, you're misinformed. You need to be awakened. Lift up your voice. Well, but I'll get excommunicated from my family. You will anyway. 
They're going to think I'm crazy. They already think so. Just tell them what church you go to. See, you all laugh because you know you had a few probably tell you. Lift up your voice. It's not a time to be quiet. Pentecost was literally a time when a man who denied Jesus three times now becomes a bold mouthpiece for God. Listen, my mom can tell you, most of my life, I was a very shy person. Pastor Hank, you were shy, yes. Now, there's a certain button that's still there. It's under the blood. But if you push it, I'm not shy. I'll let you have it. And that was my weakness. Right? Oh, don't look at yourself so holy. But here's the thing. I was shy. But something happened to me when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. So boldness came on me. I never wanted to speak in front of people in my entire life. This was not my idea. I was shy. My mom can tell you when I gave my first uh, eighth grade uh, confirmation speech, I had a light blue shirt on. You could see the sweat pit starting to form. And then you could see it rolling. And then you could see how there was a parting. And then the, the Red Sea came back together again. And they, they both touched. And I was drenched in sweat. I was a shy boy until the power of the Holy Ghost hit me. Same with you, Peter. Peter, boldness. Now, here's another thing. People sometimes come into churches, especially Pentecostal churches. Why do people have to say amen? Don't you know we're supposed to be all dignified? All right, let me ask you a question. You go to a Pentecostal church or you go to a, a church where they're all dignified, unless there's a true holy reverence of God because His presence is there, it's about as dead, as dead, as dead, as dead. When nobody doesn't say anything, right? Shh. I mean, it's the Elmer Fudd spirit rather than the Holy Spirit. You know, the Elmer Fudd spirit in some churches, shh, be very, very quiet. The Holy Ghost is here, right? No, you don't need no Elmer Fudd spirit. You need the Holy Ghost. Are you all here today or am I preaching to somewhere else? So, so Pentecost was marked not only by boldness, but let me show you another thing. You know, listen, never apologize. Never apologize for being a be showing expression, having expression. If you really are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will have expression. In Luke chapter 10, when the disciples came back and they said, Jesus, do you not know that demons are subject in our name? The Bible says Jesus rejoiced in spirit. You know what that means? He didn't just go, oh, great boys. Oh. No, he, he rejoiced in spirit. The, liter, the literal translation is he spun around wildly out of control. That's your Jesus. He, he was full of the spirit. You get Pentecostals, a Pentecostals in a Pentecostal church, and their rejoicing is the one finger worship. Right? That's not Pentecost. Look at what happened to Pentecost. Watch, there was expression. In fact, they were accused of being drunk. That's how much expression was. And Peter had to stand up on the day of Pentecost and say, man, these guys aren't drunk, as you suppose. Why did he say that? Because when the Spirit of God comes, there's liberty. There's expression that comes. So if you're really filled with the Spirit and you speak in tongues, you need to let it out. It doesn't matter what age you are, right? Y'all are real quiet. Okay, now here we go. Watch this, Acts 2.14. 
But Peter, standing up with the eleven, notice what he did. He lifted up his voice and said unto them. Notice the volume of the church increased with Pentecost. If, if, if he, think about it, he lifted up his voice. In other words, he had to raise his voice up loud enough. The volume had to be raised up enough to where the multitudes could hear him. The church was born not only in power, but the volume was raised. That's why when you go into most denominational churches, it's quiet. Unless they're trying to emulate Pentecostal, which they are because they think that's how you grow a church. But you go into Pentecostal churches and, and notice the difference. I grew up, I went to some Catholic churches. There was hardly any volume except that organ that scared me. <laughs> Thinking some guy's going to come out like this, you know. Because sometimes, you know, they bury them in the same church. I'm thinking, uh-oh, some guy's going to come out like this. And I was scared. I was scared, man. I was scared. And the guy's holding a crucifix. The only time I saw that was in Dracula, you know. So I was like, I was scared. Then we went to the Lutheran church. Y'all here? I went to the Lutheran church. And nobody said anything. Except they tell you what to do. Stand up! Sit down, stand up, sit down. I am tired of you telling me what to do, boy. You know, how many remember those? Stand up, sit down, and then they let you repeat every once in a while. Lord, and everybody was so enthusiastic. Lord, hear our prayer. Right? And that was all the volume you got. Then you get into the Pentecostal service, and you always got that one person. Hello! Amen! I remember the first time I went to church and thought, you actually can do that? Hello? Amen. Right? The volume, the volume increased. I went to church, they never had any drums. But the rock and roll side of me, when I first went to the church where I got, got heard the message, you know, they're all playing drums and I started noticing. The white man disease started manifesting. I don't know if it was demons or what. It hadn't been, hadn't been delivered yet. But the volume. So don't come into a Pentecostal church where the Spirit of God is, I need it quiet. Yeah, we need times where the Holy Spirit comes in and we reverence Him. Amen? But I don't want the frozen chosen. Can I tell you another thing I don't want? I don't want you to go around and say, what church you go to? I go to the Tidy Whitey Church. <laughs> yeah, you go into a lot of white churches where they're, you know, white. You might have, and some people, they call it multicultural because you got like one guy who, 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 who is black, married a white woman, and now it's multicultural and everybody else is white. I, I, I get that all the time. People say, I, I get a pastor, get in their car, getting ready to speak. Oh, pastor, we have a multicultural church. Hey, I said, so do I, man. And look around. Look around. Look around. Look around. We have a real multicultural. So I get in the car. I'm uh, talking to the pastor. Oh, you got a real multicultural church. And I get in there. And there's one dude who's black married, married to the white girl. He's the only black guy in the whole church. It's multicultural, all right. But man, when I grew up, you know, I went to primarily the white churches. You know, everybody's white. And it was, 
Lord, hear our prayer. So then when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I started a ministry on the north side. You know, driving a bus, picking up kids, and they'd say, Pastor Hank, you ever been to a black church? I don't know. What's a black church? Well, you'll be the only one white. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I, I think I'll go. And I went there. And the first time I, the first time I get in there, there's like 20 people. And then they're having a testimony service. And the pastor gets up and says, hey, we all going to talk about what the goodness of the Lord has done. Hallelujah. Huh. I said the Lord. Hey, he's good. Hey, he's the best thing that ever happened hey, to me. Hey. And, and I'm standing there. I'm standing there. I'm as white as a ghost. And I had a testimony. But I held my testimony after the one dude stands up and he goes, hey, and all of a sudden the crowd, everybody knew the song. He said, I was climbing a ladder. What did you do? Tell us about it. Tell us about it. I started climbing up each ladder higher and higher. Ooh, he went higher! And when I almost got to the top, what did you do? What did you do? I saw a dog. He came around to kill me. Ooh! Ooh! That dog came to kill him. What did you do? I said in the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus! I'm standing in utter shock. And I took my little white finger and I put it down. I had no testimony that day. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that kind of church. I'll take that kind of church over a ton of white at church any day. <laughs> and then, then a little bit longer in my walk, I got into those Hispanic churches. Jesus. Oh, and they're all shaking and you know but I like it it's Pentecost expression it's loud the volume is raised now here's another thing about Pentecost it's noisy verse 6 Acts 2 and when this was noised abroad come on all you user friendly misinformed preachers when this was noised the multitude came together oh you mean the noise actually caused the people to come together it didn't scare them out of your church come on what is wrong with us 
We're kicking the Holy Spirit out. We're scared of the Holy Ghost. Afraid we're going to make somebody, you know, come on, you know, these are the same people that go to Friday the 13th, part 299. You think they're going to, you know, and we're going to scare them with the Holy Ghost. Man, they're used to seeing all kinds of crazy stuff. They, they go and get a Happy Meal and that toy, man, the head spins around, the tongue comes out, you know, and the horns will pop up and the little kid is screaming, Mommy! And he's afraid of the Holy Ghost. I think I'm going to walk right over there. I had too much sugar. No. Look at Acts 2, verse 23, because I want to show you another thing that happened. Pentecost was also marked by, and it, and it was really what marked the church. Can I tell you what it is? Confrontational, in-your-face preaching. Come on, if you're a preacher, don't lie to me. If you're a preacher, don't tell me what I want to hear. If you're a preacher, tell me the truth for God's sake. Yeah, for God's sake, tell me the truth. Peter, when he stood up with Pentecostal power, he wasn't a wimp. Look at his sermon. Look at verse 23, talking about Jesus, Peter. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken... And by your wicked hands have crucified him and slain him. We just want it nice in church. Well, don't go to Pentecostal one, true Pentecostal. You're going to hear truth. They're not going to mix their words if that preacher is full of the Holy Ghost. Especially in this today's culture. A true Pentecostal Holy Ghost preacher, male or female. Yeah, female. Jesus, the first thing he did was commission a woman to preach. Because he knows that they can talk more than a man. He said, woman, go and tell him I'm alive. But what marked Pentecost was this confrontational, I don't mix my words. And we need that today. Look at Acts 2, 36 through 38. Therefore, let all the house of Israel assuredly know that God has made this same Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. That's what we need. That's how you're going to change the culture. And said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, notice it brought change. This is another lie. I've had preachers say, well, you don't want to preach confrontational because, you know, you, people might leave the church. Well, they don't leave then. The ones that stay are going to be exactly right here. They're going to change. Amen. All right, look at Acts 3, verse 11 through 19, okay? First uh, recorded miracle after the day of Pentecost. Could they come up to the piano, please? I still got 20 more minutes, but I need you to come up so I know that you're there. I, I'm just teasing. All right, look at Acts 3, verse 11 through 19. Now watch this. The, the lame man, he starts walking, first recorded miracle. Now, men, how many of you go to men's prayer? When's the next men's prayer? Tomorrow? I may just show up, Brenda. Just to, I want to inspect the troops. Now, I know how Doji prays. We taught him how to pray, but I might have to inspect the troops. Don't hold me to it because i got a busy week, but I might. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. All right, let me think about it. Let me think about it. Oh, do it, Brenda says. As long as you have a good meal when I'm coming back, I'm fine, honey. It's all about food. <laughs> so I'm going to give up an evening. All right, here we go. Look at this. And the lame man which was healed held Peter and John. All the people ran together into the porch that is called Solomon. That could hold 120,000 plus people. Talk about a mega church. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, You men of Israel, why are you marveling at this? 
Why do you look so earnestly at us? Through By our own power of holiness, we made this man to walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son Jesus. Watch this. Whom you delivered up. And you denied him in the presence of Pilate. Wow. Well, you're making people feel bad with your preaching. I heard that one. When he was determined to let him go, Pilate was going to let him go. And he says, but you, you denied him. You denied the Holy One. And you desired that a murder be granted unto you. Kind of sounds like our election of 2020. You attacked President Trump and now we've got this clown. That's why people need to, preachers need to say it from the pulpit. You stole the election. We need to get our nation back. And you killed the prince of life whom God has raised up from the dead where we are witnesses. And his name through faith and his name has made this man strong whom you see and you know. The faith which is within him now. But your ignorance, I know you did it, as did your rulers. They call him ignorant. And those things which God before has showed by the mouth of his prophets. You, it's like he said, you know what? The prophets were prophesying it, but you thought they were all false. Sounds like today. Repent. Change. That was the message of Pentecost. Now watch. Acts 4. They threaten them. But did this stop the church that was filled with the Spirit? No. Look how many times they've threatened to shut down churches. They're trying to get more creative on how they can silence you. Right? They say, well, take away your tax-exempt status. You know, people that say that stuff. Really? You think this is all about tax-exempt? Does it mean that much to you? At the expense of losing the freedom to speak? And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant. Notice, what did they say? Grant us more boldness. They didn't cower. You know, let's just avoid it. Let's never, let's never talk politics. Let's never, let's never talk about the woke lies. Let, 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 let's not talk about, you know, what's wrong with transgender and how it's hurting our children. Hurting our nation. You know, let's not talk about those things. No, let's just have a happy, skippy time. When the Spirit of the Lord comes on you and His boldness comes on you, you're going to share things that are going to counter the threats or the attacks that the enemy is doing. And notice what happens in verse 13. When they saw the boldness of Peter and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant, but they recognized that the source of their boldness, authority, and power were coming from Jesus. They had been with God. And notice, ultimately, this is why. Let this thing play out. Behold, the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Do you know this is where we're heading in our nation? I'm watching all these prophecies coming to pass, and we are coming into the moment where they are not going to be able to counter it again. There's coming a day they're not going to be able to steal an election in our nation again. I promise you, that's the kind of reforms that we're going to see. May not be as soon as we want, but it's going to happen now. Let's go back to Acts 2.4. Let's close it with this, because this is the phrase that stuck out to me. Now, I hardly preached what I wanted to preach. All right, Acts 2.4. Notice the word here. This phrase stuck out to me, and I'm going to close with this. And they all, not one believer was left out. They all began to speak in tongues. Can you imagine what would happen if just this church met on Wednesday nights 
and some of you that never come on a Wednesday night would just decide, you know what? I'm going to start with this prophetic pulse this Wednesday, and I'm going to start coming on Wednesdays. I'm going to learn how to pray. Or if I already know how to pray, I'm going to add my agreement. What would happen through this summer if this church and you that are, this, this is your church online, we came together and we had some praise and worship, let the Lord speak if he wants to prophesy to us, and, and just begin to pray. Kodamasa. And not just, you know, one person pacing that way. Well, that person. No, but we all come up front. We get as close as we can. And we all pray in tongues. What would happen? What would happen? You saw the boldness that came on Peter. You saw the power released. Signs and wonders. It was so strong. 120 all praying in tongues that literally when they tried through the government and the religious spirit to shut them down, they kept growing. So I asked this question. What would happen if people just started praying in tongues again? What would happen if those that identify themselves as charismatics would just start praying in tongues more than you ever had? Here's what I believe. What would be the state of the church? What would your church look like? What would the atmosphere be like? What would the volume and the expression be like in your church? What would be the state of the believer? Not walking around afraid of Biden, the beast, Putin. What would be the state of the nation? What would happen in our nation if charismatics would start praying in tongues? God, I spend 10 minutes a day to 15 minutes praying over this nation. I lift up America. What happened to the state of the earth? What happened to your life? I believe it would change the state of all I mentioned. It would change social media from a platform of solical media to spirit-filled media. If people would pray in tongues more when they got on social media, it would limit fear. It would absolutely limit and expose complaining. It would identify unbelief. It would avoid arguing. It would probably take the spirit of strife by its throat. It would help to set in order misbehaviors. And it would bring an end, I believe, to the division that is happening among God's church. Because if you pray in tongues, you get out of the soul realm and you get into the spirit. But you know why I know that we are all not praying in tongues? And this is not pointing of a finger, it's to challenge you. It's because I can hear it in people's Voices. I can hear it in their comments. You're not praying in tongues. Do you hear that stuff coming out of this man's mouth? Yes or no? You know why? Because I pray in tongues all the time. I don't let that stuff get on me. Why are you afraid? Because you're not praying in tongues. Why are you thinking that the enemy has the upper hand? Because you're not praying in tongues. Why do you think this isn't going to turn around? Because you're not praying in tongues. 
You're not getting over in the spirit. So you're looking at everything in the natural and you're adapting your perspective and you think this is the way that it's always going to be. That's why I contest pastors that now want to pull out their Gog, Magog, and Eggnog scriptures. Are you praying in tongues, preacher? Is that the best you can come up with? I'm not saying there isn't relevant things that might fit. But we're not on a rescue mission. Because if Jesus takes his church out of here, it's a rescue mission. And I heard in the scripture that he's coming because we're occupying for a glorified church. If everybody prayed in tongues, we'd be unified. We'd understand the importance of the church and the fellowship with the believer. We would see the spirit of cowardness replaced by boldness. We would not allow ourselves to be censored or silenced. We would affect spiritual atmospheres and cultures. We would affect politics, our city, and our nation. Let's stand to our feet. Come on, think about it. If we all just prayed in tongues, what would happen? Same thing that happened on Pentecost. Believers got saved, or people got saved and became believers. Another thing that happened is there was an authority to speak to governments. Paul wrote the book of Romans addressing the homosexual community. Yes, he did. You read Romans 1. He confronted Rome was having problems with transgender and homosexuality, and Paul addressed it. Cost him his life. History says Peter said, all right, I'm going to go up to Rome. And he went in where Paul went and confronted the same thing. And guess what happened to him? By the Roman authority whom he confronted, they hung him upside down, crucified him. But it wasn't because he didn't get involved in politics. Politics is what killed him. But look at what he did for the church to reform it. Are you here? I want us all. How many of you are filled with the Holy Spirit? I want the altar team to come up right now. I want you to stand up front here for a minute. Because if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit... And you would like to speak in tongues today. I'm going to ask you to come out of your chair in just a moment. I'm going to end the service in just a second. And I'm going to invite you to come up. I want to do this. Is there anybody here that you've not asked Jesus to come into your heart? To forgive your sins and be the Lord of your life. Come on. We just buried my father-in-law. I know where he's at. He had life insurance on earth, but he had life insurance in heaven. In eternity do you if you're if you're not right with God you want to accept Jesus Christ I want you to lift up your hand we're gonna pray for you anybody here say preacher I want to make things right in my heart I, there's one hand all right praise God I want you to come up here to this couple right here I want you to step out go ahead come on step out they're gonna lead you to the Lord now here's what I want how many of you are you are spirit-filled you pray in tongues all right I want us to pray this prayer together. I want us to say this with salvation, first of all, and those that are watching. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. I do what the Bible says. It says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We call upon you, Jesus. Come into our, my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Be the Lord of my life, and I will serve you from this day forward. All right, now how many of you are Pentecostal? You pray in tongues. 
okay is there anybody here that you don't pray in tongues yet but you want to come on this is the day of boldness ma'am i want you to step out if you're on this side step out there come on everyone go this way you want to be filled with the holy spirit i want you to meet this altar team right here come on anybody else anybody else anybody else i see one two i see at least three people come on come up here i want you to be filled with the holy ghost you'll receive power after the holy spirit comes upon you amen all right now here's what i want us to do this wednesday will be prophetic pulse but until the lord tells us otherwise through the summer we're going to make it summer nights of the spirit of god prayer all right so it's a good place to start so if you're scared you can get over your scaredness because we're going to all pray in tongues right now and this is what you're going to experience on wednesday nights those of you that tune in this is what you're going to experience are you ready i want us to all begin to speak in tongues let's see what happens come on karabasa ribabosa prekatea ribabosa ribababa katea sipre simrabakayate ribabosa ribabababakataya beyondo sabrabakataya sipre yakataya i parabosa i preseliando sabrabakataya Thank you, Jesus. Now, now, that's how you pray. And then we'll just do things like, Father, we pray for America. Ipata, Iparamosa. We pray for the United States of America. For an awakening, Kotomushne, Ribakaesetea, that you will pull down evil, you will expose evil, Matorikasete, that you will bring righteousness and justice and establish it upon this nation. Alright, how many of you are you done being scared? How many of you feel the difference in the atmosphere? This is how you shift things. And I feel before Almighty God because of the influence that we have around the world. You need to join us. But because of what we need to do, I just feel like we are coming into a time of extreme shocking things being revealed. But it's going to bring extreme excitement. And so let's pray that through. Let's get over the midterm elections. Let's pray this stuff through. Amen. All right, well, how many got some out of this? <laughs> Why don't you do this? Give somebody a high five. I'll see you in the next service. I'll see you online. God bless you. Hug somebody on your way.